Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Hi, I'm Imri, the host of the Wannabe podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Thanks so much for joining me again today. I just want to leave a quick note on the beginning of this episode because I always do this at the end and I'm not sure you always hear it. So if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please, please do share it with a friend and leave a rating or review on iTunes if you are listening via the Apple Podcast app. The best way for this show to grow and to continue is for me to see that you guys are engaging and finding this content valuable and that you think it's worth sharing with others too. So if you haven't done so, just drop it in a little WhatsApp message like, hey, I think you'd really like this episode. It doesn't need to be this one, but it could be others that you've really enjoyed. So I'd really appreciate that because I'm coming to the end of season one and I really really want to make sure that the show is growing for season two and that it's really worth all the time and effort that goes into it. Finally, uh, another reminder that Shout Out Live Radical Women, the UK's very first Women in Podcasting Festival, is happening on July 14th. And we are really, really, really making sure that we invest heavily in the upskilling of talent at this festival. So not only will you have a good set of live shows from myself, Not Another Book podcast, the BBC will be running a panel uh, with their No Country for Young Women. Chidera Ageru, who is also known as the Sunflower, will be running a confidence workshop. We'll have Anita Rani, Kat Molesworth, uh, Sophie Hagen on panels. It's going to be an excellent day from the best people in podcasting broadcast and audio sharing their knowledge just for your benefit so make sure that you come along you come and enjoy a workshop you enjoy the speakers get entertained and tickled by a live show head on over to solifefestival.com when you register on the website you'll be sent 10 pounds off your ticket so don't waste any more time i think we've already well over 100 now um, and we've got like less than 200 to go for sure this week I am joined by Ruby Ariyuku. She's one third of Vampyr, and Ruby has worked on some fantastic UK movie releases, including Girls Trip, 
and Black Panther, which was just a showcase of excellence. Vampyr tries to ensure that Black influencers gain the same access to junkets or press junkets, if you don't know what those are, um, and mainstream press activities as their white influencers. So she has done a phenomenal job in just a very short period of time. In today's episode, we talk about the difference between marketing and PR. We talk about working with your friends, how you can build your self-confidence using drama techniques, and we talk about what to do when you don't enjoy your job. Let's go. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? Who did I want to be? Um, I I had a, a funny childhood of wanting to be a superstar. And so um, I, I, I thought I wanted to be a singer. I thought I wanted to be a, an actress. I thought I wanted to be a presenter. Um, all between the ages of like five and 15 or a bit later, actually. So I think I wanted to be in the spotlight for a while. Yep. Until I realized you need a good talent to be able to do that. So let's leave that, you know, in the dreams. Um, but I think more than that, I think those professions, I guess I associated those professions with being confident and like being like a boss. So like I love the Spice Girls and like I watched a lot of American TV where like females were like the protagonists. And so I think I think it was more than just wanting to be in the spotlight. I think I just wanted to to be as confident as those women were and those stars were and have the impact that they had back then. People, I guess superstars and oh, superstars, that's such a weird term. Um, <laughs> celebrities have a different impact nowadays than they did yeah. when, you know what 15 years ago when I was when I was a kid so I think back then it was there was no social media so you were a celebrity and you every the weight was on your shoulders just based on what you were doing on tv and in the newspapers there was no social media to fall back on or anything it was just that and most of the things you would see would hopefully be positive and you just see them being so sick at whatever they were doing and I wanted that I think I wanted to have an impact and be able to inspire other little girls um, you know, and so I think that was, I like to think that was, you know, the, the draw for me, but, um, yeah, so that's, I think that's who I wanted to be when I was a bit younger. And I realized that it was more about the, the traits that came with that rather than the actual profession. Yeah. I hear you on that. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that there was no social media back then. I actually cannot even really remember a time mm. about social media, but so it sad. was a beautiful time. It was amazing. <laughs> it really upsets me. I always say that when I grow well, when I grow up, when I have kids, <laughs> when I have kids, I really hope I meet other mothers who don't want their kids to have iPhones when they're like seven. Oh my gosh, and like yes. be like, I want us to all, I hope we have like some sort of mother's club where we're all the same. We're all like, look, social time is one hour a week and you have to play outside like we did. Yep. You have to do all the normal things that made our childhood so great yeah. that our kids will probably never get now. It's so, 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 it's sad. so sad. It's really sad. And it's just like, we're almost past the point of doing anything about it. We just have to accept it, which is even more sad. But yeah, um, I can't remember. I barely remember what we were doing before. So before you realized that maybe the life of a superstar <laughs> and celebrity wasn't for you, like what steps were you taking to fulfill your big ambition to be in the spotlight? So I am. Um, I went to stage school. I went to drama school and stage school for most of my childhood. 
um, my parents put me in to drama school because I was really shy as a kid. I um, was that weird kid that only liked hanging out with, not only, but mainly liked hanging out with adults. That was my comfort zone. Um, I don't know whether it was maybe because I, I'm not an only child, but my, my siblings are all a lot older than me. Oh, like talking yeah. like 12 years older oh, wow. than me. Like, yeah, bad. like 10, 12 years older than me. So I think I was just always used to being around older people. So yeah, my parents were like, yeah, this is weird. So we're going to be around <laughs> some other kids. So um, yeah, so I went to drama school and um, I really enjoyed it. I liked going every week. And then I went to performing arts school um, again every week. So I was spending, at one point they overlapped. So I was spending about six hours every Saturday in some sort of like performing arts um, school. Yeah. So I was really dedicated to it. I was happy to do that. And I think... I knew that it would take some time out of my life if I wanted to have fulfill one of these dreams. Yeah. And I was called to do that. Um, and I guess I got older and I, I dropped out, but I was still doing drama at school. And then even when I thought I wanted to go into presenting, I started doing work experience super early. So I was doing a work experience when I was like 15 yeah. um, with like online magazines and blogs. And like my mum hated it because... Like she didn't understand where I was going like on Saturdays and in the evening. She, she was like, who with who? What? What? <laughs> and like I had to get them to call her and speak to her. It was so embarrassing. Oh, wow. They were like, okay. The so. early days of the internet. Exactly. So they were just thinking, my mom was like, like, you could be with anyone. I was like, no, mom, it's work experience. It's so cool. So, um, <laughs> so I was always really happy. I knew I had to be active. Yeah. To make whatever my dream was at the time a reality. Um, yeah, so I was all I'm all I was a I was a busybody. I was always about That's a really good trait. Like I feel like I was always shy and never did oh. anything. I just stayed. I stayed shy. Stayed in my house, stayed reading books. Mm, stayed I wish I was TV. that. See, maybe I should have done that. <laughs> no, no, it like it makes you like such a recluse. Mm. <laughs> it's it's peaceful. Yes, now, I bet. <laughs> I, I'm like a proper introvert now. Like I just like people drain. Me. I'm not see, I'm that now. I Are think you? I spent too much time being around people and being so active as a as a youngster and as a teenager that like now every my mum's worried. She asked me every week and like, so you're not going out? Are you all right? So what? No one it's wants fine. to go out with you? It's just you know it's uh, very peaceful. I'm fine. And you get to sleep. It's, exactly. It's, it's a very beautiful life. And I watch a lot of TV, so that's why company. <laughs> um, I wanted to touch on the confidence thing. So as a child, you're shy. Mm which I can definitely relate to. And then performing arts school and drama school are all about like confidence building. So yes. what was your favorite confidence building technique for those of us that need it? Oh Asking for a friend. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess just, it sounds so cliche, but like being thrown into something that is out of your comfort zone. So I at first hated going to drama school because a lot of the kids were quite a lot older than me. Yeah. Um. So it was quite daunting. and. Doing, I wish everyone could go. Everyone, every, I wish every shy person can go to some kind of drama school because they make you do those activities where you're all in a circle. You have to do like improv or something. Oh and what, God. <laughs> once oh. you do a couple of those, there ain't no time for shy. Like you just come out of your shell and it's really good. It's, re it's a really good confidence builder because it, I guess it has to be um, led by the right kind of people mm -hmm. to make you feel open and know that whatever you do, like there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong way to do it. But I think, yeah, being thrown into something that you're not used to and then also being told that whatever you do is okay will really just like 
settle you and because I think the most the, the main thing about people that are shy or have confidence issues is that fear of yeah. like the unknown and fear of t- supposedly doing something wrong but if you if there is no wrong answer then surely it doesn't really matter it's kind of like much. what would happen if you knew you couldn't fail exactly exactly anything. anything and with improv and with like sort of drama stuff one of the improv things you know those ones where you're in a circle and then someone starts a storyline and then someone else has to come in and change it no oh my god it's so what? cool <laughs> so like we both go into the circle all right and so we, like we'll have a character like you're a farmer and i'm and i'm the farmer's wife all right and we're starting a conversation and someone will say stop and then you uh. would replace one of the people and like you have to feed off the last thing that they said or the like the last thing that we're talking about and start a whole new conversation. Oh, wow. This sounds really hard. I'm not. It's really <laughs> easy when you get into it. It's really and it's really fun. What is the scariest thing you've ever done in your life? Scariest thing I've ever done. Probably. It's, OK, it's probably be between two things. It's either when I went to uni because I studied a course that I had never done before and had never done anything to do with it. So I did media communications. And most people who have done media would have done it at like an A-level or something. And I oh, hadn't. And I, it was even a requirement at my uni and, we did, and I didn't do it. Um, but I took the risk because I, I felt like the course was for me. Um, and I thought I'd be good at it. And thank God I was. Yeah. Thank God. Maybe, yeah. So maybe I wasn't as scared because I was quite I was quite sure it was the right choice. So maybe that wasn't the scariest. I think the actual scariest one probably was quitting my job last yeah. year. So yeah. my, my full-time job, my nine to five, um, because that was a risk. That was a big, big risk. Like having a paycheck every single month coming into your account. You know exactly how much you're getting paid. You might get a little bonus one month and you get promotions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You have that security to to not having that security and not having that same paycheck every single month um and not even just the money side just that just the security of having a job um and just feeling like you know where you're going yeah you know there's going to be some sort of progression especially I had I got my job straight out of uni um and like I knew that so I was a junior level so I knew the next level was you know above that and you know you move up that progression is really obvious yeah and you don't have that when you work for yourself so yeah that was definitely the scariest thing I've probably ever done yeah (laughs) I'm still scared of it now so no you're doing really well um I I know that feeling (laughs) I got fired Oh. times I was ready to go I was it was really just waiting I was just biding when was it uh, so it would have been April 2000 and where are we now? 2018. So April 2016. Um, I said I got fired. It was more of, it was, a, it was, I'm going to say it was fired because mm. just for ease sake, but I was ready to go. Like I, mm. been, I was ready from like maybe the January, mm. um, if not December. Mm. I was like, this is finished. Like this is over. I'm just like literally just holding on for dear life just so I can have enough money saved mm. up to pay my rent. Okay. <laughs> I, was like, I was literally fighting for yeah. what, just rent money. So I was like, we already know where this is going. I know I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. You know I'm leaving. We both know we how both this is going to end. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a really scary year for me. So I can definitely relate to like not doing it. But then again, I've not worked full time since then. Wow. And it's been, See, it was a blessing. And I have not been homeless. Wait, amen. Amen. Um, and I, I have paid my bills. Amen. Um, so everything happens for a reason. Yeah, there's been some tough, 
<laughs> financial moments. Oh well, boy, we've <laughs> all been there. Well, it's it's actually funny because. I was fired too. Were you? And it's weird that that probably sh- maybe should be up there as one of my scariest moments, maybe. But I, d- I tend to just forget about it. I got yeah. fired. Oh, I, very few people know this. No one knows that I was fired. Well, okay. I think, like, oh. Two or three people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was fired from my, my first placement job at Disney. Mm. It was the most, that was probably, Look at you now. It was the saddest <laughs> thing that had ever happened to me in my life which oh, is probably quite so dramatic sorry. but um <laughs> well, I, was distraught. I was i was distraught because i thought it was my dream job it was like hello disney yeah like, dream company dream at that time i thought it was my dream job like so overwhelmed and i was fired um within a month oh wow it was very uncalled for but it doesn't matter. I was still fired. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and similar to you, I was crushed. Like they really crushed my confidence. I felt they made me feel like absolute crap, like on the bottom of your shoe. Yeah. After you've been doing some real work. Yeah. Like I was crushed. Um, I was. That was probably the first time I was like depressed. I was. I was like nineteen or twenty. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> because That's so young. I, I was. It was during my one year placement year. Yeah. So. It was like I told uni, like, oh, I'll see you next year because I'm about to go and place with you. And I was fired within a month. I was like, well, I can't go back to uni now. I can't, can't go back in September. Everyone was expecting me to be at Disney for the year. What do I do? Yeah. <sighs> what did you do? I got another one at Universal. Oh, well, then, you know, that's a glow up. <laughs> it was, uh, honestly, if there was anything that reignited my faith, it was that because it was crazy. I was, I think I didn't work, well, I was looking for a job for about, Two weeks and I got my interview with Universal and then I started like the next month. So that's really good. So how was life at Universal? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Universal. Yep, um, Universal was amazing. It was hard work. Oh my god, I've never worked so hard in my life. Um, but it was like a once in a lifetime type opportunity. This is Nicole Hannah Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. 
year. I it's actually the reason why I got into PR mm-hmm. or one of the main reasons. So I started off in the marketing marketing team, and about four months in, I just it wasn't feeling right. I just I was under a lot of pressure. I got I developed anxiety during that year as oh, well, wow. really bad anxiety. So I was off ill a lot and going to doctor's appointment, trying to work out what it was, not knowing it was anxiety at the time. Yeah, that um, sounds about accurate. And then <laughs> obviously then not knowing about it made it worse. And then I couldn't do my job properly. It was terrible. But, um, you know, even aside from all of that, I just, it didn't feel like the role wasn't quite right for me. Mm. And um, I'd been talking to one of the PR girls to see what they were used to see with all the things the cool things they were doing and I was like oh if you guys ever need any like help with anything let me know and then I think I was like my three months um sort of meeting with my manager and she's like okay so what sort of things do you want to get involved in over the next couple of months um, and I was like oh like, if there's any opportunities in PR let me know and she's like okay cool I'll let you know about a month later um there had been some moves around in the office and they were like well the PR team want an intern nice you want to go there over there instead and we'll get someone else to replace you I go, uh, yes and it all just was perfectly aligned um and so I worked for the PR team it was I okay the good part of it was no it's not the bad it was terrible <laughs> oh, this, it was terrible <laughs> but it was really hard and um my team were all there were three white blonde women that sounds really accurate for PR in yes my, in of, my mind yeah yeah I mean, yeah. That's exactly what I imagine. <laughs> Three white blonde women. They're all really nice, but they'd been a team for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I came in, <laughs> not white, not blonde, still a woman. Yep. But um, <laughs> it was, so that was really a something. We live very different lives and I came in as a very different sort of entity. Um, and then I get, I'd never done PR. Yeah. <laughs> not properly anyways. I'd done like bits here and there, work experience. Um, but they were had been a team of three for a long time. And the reason they needed interns because they do too much work for the three of them. Yeah. But we still did too much work for four of us. Like yeah. there was so much work that we did. And I guess having someone from a, a junior level on board meant that they put a lot on me. Yeah. They were like, okay, everybody do this. This, 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 this. And it was so much. And so it was, it was really hard. I have a question because mm. um, I work in marketing and I don't know the difference between mm. marketing and PR. So mm-hmm. what were the differences? Because you started off in marketing. Mm-hmm. Like I like that what PR's doing, but mm-hmm. what was the difference? So, okay. So I work for the home entertainment team. So it's all DVDs, Blu-rays, um, streaming really boring, actually, but <laughs> I mean, to be fair, obviously it's not got the glitz and glamour of, you know, theatrical releases. Yeah. But it was still pretty cool. Like, right. yeah, I got to like consult and choose like, what the front of a dvd would look like oh that's and like all fun. the yeah all the posters that would like all the all the um advertisements that would be a part of that campaign so that was it was really cool in the end um but so the difference between the marketing and pr team for that would be the marketing team will come up with yes the look of the dvd um what's you know how it literally how it looks like what font and you know what color what yeah. pictures are used and then um the the ad space in like newspapers um and well, they're called pack shots so like the actual images of dvds are called and blu-rays are called pack shots so you choose the pack yeah. shots that would yeah be in um, newspapers and magazines and the pack shots that would be on billboards you know you see those huge adverts yeah, yeah. um pr falls under marketing that's the main thing like marketing is an umbrella and there's loads of things underneath it. And PR is one of them. Like social is one of them. Um, I wanted to ask really quickly, just an aside, which has nothing to do with anything besides my own curiosity. Mm. What do you think of the rise of the influencer? 
So I have to be careful what I say because my job is working with influencers. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big part of my job. Um, what do I think about the rise of influencers? I think, I think it's good. I think in a nutshell, it, it's a good thing. And the reason I think there was such a huge rise when there was, was because a lot of people just lost that confidence in celebrities. Mm. Um, but then on the flip side of that, recently influencers have, I guess, adopted a lot of the things that celebrities were doing that we didn't like. Mm. Which like allowed, what? I guess, the you know promoting things that you, you don't, believe, you don't believe, or you know you're just doing it because you're getting a paycheck. Mm. And I think that's where the you know the influencers have to be very truthful and careful of their own brand. You know, hopefully, if they're doing things right and if you know the market's right, they should only be promoting things that they believe in. Um, and hopefully, their their followers believe them and you know can trust them because. You know, a lot of a lot of people really look up to to these people and, you know, spend a lot of time of their day engaging with their content mm. and they don't want to be tricked and they don't want to be fooled. They want to see if you're promoting whatever it is, you genuinely like it and you're giving yeah. me your honest opinion. Um, so I think with with the rise, it's, there's a lot of respons- new responsibility, I think, for influencers. I don't think there was as much at the beginning because it was a new thing. Um, and so I think I think it's definitely a good thing. I think it allows brands to to reach wider audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows brands to talk to their audiences, it allows audiences to be represented as well. So, you know, what we do as an agency, we we go to the brands and be like, look, you've got this huge audience that you're not talking to. These are the influences that we would pick and we would use to help you reach that audience and vice versa. We know the audience and we're like, okay, right. We are the audience. Obviously we're three black girls. So we're like, we're the audience. Um, These are the influences I would look to to, and and want to hear from and want to hear their opinion on this particular brand. Yeah. And so it's, we're that bridge. And I think, yeah, it's really important for influencers to know that their power and their influence of being an influencer um, and not take it for granted. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that you guys focus on um, black female influencers because yes. almost nobody does. Exactly. Like, honestly, that's how we started. Forgotten often. It's really bad. That's how, and we're, still, we, we're not finished, clearly, because yeah. it's still happening. But we started because we were seeing like the Zoellas and all these girls and we're like, we're just as great. Yeah. We we start trends more like we we we're like we predict the future like <laughs> do you know what I mean like we we're, we're so sick so it's just it's such a shame and trust me it, we go through this stuff every day with brands and I always say when like I will have a job for a while because we're a long way away yeah. from from like complete change but I will know I I've done my job and I can like basically retire when these brands don't need us yeah anymore and they're that's doing when your it. work is finished my work purpose is fulfilled. done purpose fulfilled when we're no longer like a second thought we're no longer like something to to check box like it's just standard the same way mm. you're like let's pick sally from wherever let's pick tolu like yeah. it's straight i want it to be the same it doesn't matter oh whether we only make up six percent of the popular i don't give a crap yeah i don't get it it doesn't matter especially in this london i hate in london excuse. is not it's not that percentage i i know that for a fact it and definitely ain't it definitely ain't so 
if we're even going by London, exactly. But if we're going a bit wider still, I don't want to hear it. Mm. All right, finally, what's the best advice you've ever received and the worst advice you've ever received? Let's start worst first and then best last because end on a high rate. Yeah, so worst... I guess um, I heard it literally last week and I, I wouldn't want to say it's the worst. It's just, I guess, the most conflicting and the one that was the piece of advice we've been struggling with for, since we, I guess, started Vamp, um, which is around like adapting to your surroundings and, and adapting to the people that you're you're in front of in, in business. And it's a really hard one because especially in this day and age, the hope is that we should be able to be who we are and let our work speak for itself. Mm -hmm. So if I want to go to meet a a potential client or meet anyone in ripped jeans and trainers, I, in theory, I would like to know, I'd like to think I could do that and it won't affect my chances of, of getting that business or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but that isn't always the case. And, um, so the other day we were told that, you have to adapt no matter what you have to go in and you have to, you have to roll with the punches. So if you're going to a corporate, well, I, mean, I kind of feel like it's kind of common sense for some of the things. If you're going into a super corporate office, yeah, just for your own peace of mind, I'm sure you wouldn't want to go in scruffy. Yeah. You, you like, even if you don't go in a suit, but like everyone hopefully has home training. Yeah. So you'll go in, <laughs> you, would hope. you would go in, you know, Okay. But I don't think that should that should change someone's opinion on your ability, especially if it's literally about the results. If I'm providing a service, what I look like should not matter. How I talk shouldn't matter. It's what I'm saying should matter. Yeah. But even with that, it's, you know, does that mean I can't use slang? Like just everyday slang. I'm not talking about, you know, anything offensive or anything. But if I can't talk how I want to talk and you still understand me, but I'm yeah. comfortable. Then that's a, that's unfor- an unfortunate problem. So I think, yeah, we've, we've been getting a lot of conflicting advice about being yourself or adapting. And we're trying to find that middle ground, like working out what is best. So like we're three under 25 year old black girls. How do we, how do we present ourselves? We're already yeah. at a, dis- we're already at a disadvantage being women, ready at a disadvantage being young. Yeah. People just assume that we don't know what we're talking about. And we're black. Like it's really hard. Yeah. And I always say I'm really short as well. So <laughs> I feel like people treat me like a, I'm a kid, like I'm five, three. So Aww, with no makeup on and everything, less than me. I'm <laughs> tiny. Like I look like I, my mom tells me I look 15. So that's already an immediate, you know, bias almost against us. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we, all, we think about it all the time. So like we had a big meeting with a huge potential client last week and I called my business partner and we were like, what are you wearing? And she was like, trainers i was like thank god thank god because it's just why should i why do i have to even worry it's sad that i have to worry about it but you do so i think the main thing about that is just find that middle ground like make sure your work speaks for yourself because don't get twisted don't go looking go go in a tracksuit and also don't have anything to back it up like no work like but you've got to try and find that middle ground like but don't compromise yourself completely because then the problem with that is when will you then go back to being yourself? Yeah. And if you true. do, they're going to be like, hold on. That's but not who you that's not who. That's not what we signed up for. Yeah. So either they take you as you are in your work or they don't. And then you'll know what it really is then. So that's probably the most, the hardest piece of advice that we've had to take. And then I guess the best piece of advice is um, a, a mantra that I live by, which is perseverance breeds success. 
Um, and it's it's so simple and it's, you know, quite cliche, but I, I heard it when I was about maybe 13 or 14 and I've genuinely lived by it ever since because it's so simple, but so effective because there's so many times you, you want to give up and there's so many things that will tell you to give up. Mm. Um, but what's that saying? There's some saying that it's like, uh, what is it? The fails. Like if you, you hunt, you fail. We did this last oh, time. We did, did it. And <laughs> you know what's so annoying? Someone told me it's mentioned it today. <laughs> what is it? It's like every, you, you fail a hundred percent of the times that you don't try. Yes. Something like yeah, that. that. It's worded that. better than that. But yeah. <laughs> and it's literally that. You know, if you don't try, you you don't you won't you won't get anywhere. If you and you can only fail if you try, and then there's only two options: you win or you don't. Yeah, basically. and then that's it. <laughs> that's it. And then if you don't, you don't die. You won't die. So <laughs> you just keep it moving. And yeah, I've definitely if I hadn't persevered through like being fired, um, and you know really struggling through anxiety, um, you know going back to uni after a placement year and going back into studying like I I did terribly in my first time after placement and like if I didn't persevere for all those things I would not be where I am now even now if us as vamp if we didn't persevere through the rejections that we 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 get we have some hard times like for all the good that everyone sees we have like 10, 10 bad things. Yeah. Um, but we don't focus on that and we just keep, we, we know that we're going to win in the end. And so, yeah, just persevere, persevering because if you, if you want to be great, you have to, you got to keep it moving. Again, I just want to say a massive thank you to Ruby, who is just an awesome human, fantastic energy. I really, really loved this discussion. We are going to be talking to some fantastic people over the next few weeks. So please make sure that you are subscribed and that you like things. If you would like to find out more about Ruby and Vamp, you can follow Ruby on Twitter at Miss Ruby Jade and on Instagram at Ruby Jade X. You can also visit Vamp at wearevamp.co.uk. That's wearevamp.co.uk. If you like how this podcast is made and you think that you can do what I do, then you need to reach out to the Shoutout Network by visiting shoutoutnetwork.co.uk. Also, please be sure to come along to the Shoutout Live Radical Women's Podcast Festival. It is the UK's very first Women in Podcast Festival and you can get £10 off your ticket if you visit solifefestival.com. It's going to be on July 14th. It'll be running from 10, well, 12 o'clock till 10 p.m., sorry. And so if you are really, really about starting a podcast, upping your skills as a speaker, this is the event for you. There are so many wonderful workshops to just get you, your brand, or your even your podcast off the ground. If you're enjoying this podcast, and you're listening on an Apple device, please do just open your app and drop a few stars on the iTunes review page. It will be so, so, so useful for the growth of this podcast. Also, if you're really enjoying it, do share it with a friend if you aren't listening on an Apple device. It's a really great way to show that the show's growing and that it's worth continuing for season two. And I cannot stress that enough. If I want to get to season two, I need you guys to show me that it's worth putting in the effort. Right. I think that's everything. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.